You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse, Maddie, and Kim give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Voluntary Vixens podcast. I'm your weirdo introvert, Maddie, <laughs> and along with my co-hosts, Jesse, who is an introvert, although she doesn't present as one apparently. Even less than me. Like you're truly a fake introvert. <laughs> <laughs> Not calling you a phony, but and we have and a very special co-host. And that would be me, Kim, a.k.a. Lesbertarian. Yep, for those listening and who have been listening for a while, you've probably met Kim before, or if you listen to our other podcasts um, on the network, you either listen to hers, Lesbertarian, like she said, or... Um, She's been on our show Morning twice. Morning with David. Yeah, she, twice? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was going At that least. time. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Kim picks up my slack. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, I just, I try to be Maddie. It's just my dream to be Maddie. <laughs> It's a, it's rough being Maddie. You're very self-critical, so I wouldn't advise anybody oh. to try and do it. Sounds like being a Kim, then. <laughs> Got it. Um, so, uh, we rejoin everybody, and we're all having a little bit of a wine night. It is Wednesday as we record this, and I wasn't oh, going yeah. to, but since both my co-hosts here were indulging, I figured I had to, too. So, Cheers. To you ladies, cheers. and cheers to everybody listening, and And it's Nurse Day, apparently. The apocalypse. It's Nurse Day. Did you guys know isn't that? Ev- yeah. Isn't every day Nurse Day these days, because you guys are supposed to be um, the heroes we don't Our frontline heroes. I'm a hero, guys. Um, no, I got, like, all these messages from my family, because they were saying, Happy Nurse Day. And it's Nurse Week, too. So we not only get a day, but we get a week. Nurse Week! And my job has been celebrating by sending me multiple emails a day about how much they appreciate us. And I'm like, well, if you appreciate me, give me some money. That sounds nice. Or at least send me something like a gift card. Or like an edible arrangement. Have you ever had one of those? They're lovely. Oh, those are nice. Those are nice. (laughs) I was not thinking that kind of edible. I was all like, what? Like a bunch of... (laughs) Oh, oh, that kind of edible. Okay, now it makes sense. That would sense. be nice, too. I will take that. That'd be real but I nice. think that That'd would probably, I would nice fail a test later on down the road. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't encourage that. We're not that progressive in terms of uh, drug policy. Anyway. That would be so weird if they did that. And then, like, the next day, they made us all go get random drug tests. I'd be like, you wouldn't that be like really awful and evil of them? But actually. Yes. Wouldn't be surprising if uh, some institutes did that. I wouldn't be either. Well, anyway. Um, so <laughs> we're all managing to get by, sort of, kind of, and with some shreds of sanity still clinging clinging on. And, um, you know, we hope everyone else is too. I guess, you know, coming into this tonight, I was trying to think, um, I've been probably over inundating myself with uh information of course most of it is just basically like this is all bullshit and we're being lied to and Mm -hmm. but what's interesting is you know because of the 
I don't know. I think like we're seeing a lot of interesting things happening with like the new information that kind of goes against what is being force fed to us by the mainstream. People that you wouldn't have expected to know or hear about that alternative message or alternative information. I, they're listening and they're reading it. And uh, like my aunt, who is basically the one liberal in my family, she texted me today about that pandemic uh, video on YouTube. And she's like, have you listened to this? <laughs> what do you think? And she's like, it's scary and it makes me angry. And I was like, it is scary and you should be angry. It's just an interesting, really interesting time we're in. Yeah. And I was just, I just sent a video to like our um, online group. I don't know if you guys saw it yet, but it was a, I don't know if you've heard of Z Dog MD. He's like, he, he's like a Facebook personality that became famous because he was, he was advocating for like nursing shortages and stuff. So all of us who are in the health field, like we know who he is and we've seen his videos and stuff. He just posted a video in, a, in response to that pandemic video. And it was like so annoying. It made me so mad because he was calling, he was basically, I don't even think he watched the full video. He was just basically calling of course he did, everybody probably. stupid. Yeah. I, I was going to say, did it just go into full ad hominem attacks on? Yeah, it woman, did. It was like, she got fired because she stole documents from her her lab and all this stuff and it's like that's all been a, that's all addressed in the video she tells you exactly what happened yeah and even still let's say let's say she did steal documentation from the lab she makes a lot of really good arguments about how scientists are not they're being paid by the government so a lot of the uh, grants and stuff come from government grants. So they have no incentive to be honest in some of their findings. And uh, another big grant giver are pharmaceutical companies. So are you are your test findings going to be more positive towards like a drug that cost 10 cents on the market right now or is it going to be more favorable to a new drug that was just developed and it's thousands of dollars right now i mean well come on. It's, it's just interesting and it's always pretty telling it about like what questions they ask or what things that they like to pick apart like you just said they were trying to um like harp on the point that oh she stole documents from her lab that she probably produced and like put a lot of effort and livelihood towards you know, creating and being a part of if that's the case, but it's like, so that's the issue. You guys are, you know, the liberal crowd, um, who's supposed to be free and, you know, anti-authority or like, we're once upon a time, like that tiny rule she broke there. That's the problem. Not the, like the cover up, the corruption. Yeah. Um, just that, vi that video was very short. He just basically called everybody stupid who believes in it because of her character he did not address any of the points that she made. It was only like a 25 minute video. So it really wouldn't have taken that long for him to watch it. And he did address. So he didn't address any of the points that she talked about in the video. And so I was just like, why did I just waste my time watching this video? Like, <laughs> I mean, he didn't say anything. He just obviously thinks that she's stupid and that anybody who even remotely thinks that she might have a point is stupid. So I don't know. I just. Yeah, like you're saying, it's, we're seeing like these divides of people now. And I just, I am completely, 
I don't know how to respond to these people anymore. I don't know. It's really hard to. I'll go ahead and admit I haven't actually gotten to watch the video yet, but just seeing the reaction to the title has been interesting. I had no clue what it was about. I could take some guesses, but there were a bunch of people, even libertarians, just split down the middle going, well, I'm not going to watch anything titled Plandemic or anything like that. And I was just like, okay, eventually <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this video because if people don't even want to watch it because exactly, of the title, right? I'm like going to watch it. Fruit. And that alone really, it was one of those things where sure, okay, maybe I wasn't going to watch it because of the title. But as soon as I started seeing that it's being taken down, it's being censored, and, um, you know, she, her, her speech is getting shut down. I was like, oh, you've piqued my interest. Let me go read this book you're trying to burn. Yeah. So, Kim, I'd try and get it before um, it's completely gone. But I know it's going to keep popping up because the internet is better than you. You fucking douchebag elitists. Yeah. Well, and I, I, here's, yeah. my th- here's my thing. As a nurse, like, I hear a lot of nurses complaining about how pharmaceutical companies have destroyed healthcare. They've made medicines and treatments so expensive. People are going in debt just so, are, are going without food just so they can get, like, their medications and things like that. And the pharmaceutical companies are these evil people. But here's this woman literally saying that. She's literally telling you guys the pharmaceutical companies are in bed with government and they're both, like... in. They're both promoting medications that, one, are harmful to us, and two, are so expensive that most people are going to have to do that. They're going to have to forego buying groceries just so they can get their medications. And you're, you are so just hate her so much just because she's saying that this pandemic that we're dealing with right now is planned. And, and she's talking bad about, you know, Dr. Fauci. Who now I don't know why all right the now. lefties think Dr. Fauci's like great now. <laughs> I mean, the, if but... they were if they were paying attention, like of course I'm pretty young here, and so during the AIDS epidemic or quote unquote epidemic, I think the numbers really show that it wasn't an epidemic. But like you know, Fauci was part of the he had this like fear patrol to try and make everybody scared to death of AIDS, and it's like yeah, it's a terrible sickness and. You've lost a lot of people and it still affects people to this day. You know, it's incurable. I guess at best it's just manageable. You know, this guy Fauci, uh, if you're on the left, like, um, and Kim, like, right, like the left is the party of LGBTQ and plus and people that might be more affected by uh, AIDS, right? So, uh, you know, um, (laughs) so, you know, where's the proper outrage and hate? And, um, but I guess it's like just everybody's short memory and it's, you know, my age might have something to do with it, but it's like, and so I wouldn't know of that unless I've gone and sought out information and happened to be open-minded and willing to listen to things that might be controversial. And so I hear these things, and I learn these things, and I'm like, oh, there's another sacred cow we can knock off the list. Uh, I knew it smelled funny. Well, they, they don't teach that kind of stuff in schools because it's much better when the, uh, when the public has short selective memory or can easily be influenced to believe whatever narrative they're given. So, of course, they don't teach you any of that. And how dare you question anything if you don't take the usual narrative, you know, being somebody who actually wants to learn more and actually understand history and see how it's quite cyclical. You're just, you you just don't care about people. Yeah, but apparently we hate people. Oh, and they, like, don't you, don't you care about science? Don't. Don't you even understand science? Like, that's a big question that all the, like, nurses in the private, my private nurse groups say. If you don't think the pandemic is 
life-threatening and you're ready to open the economy. To everybody. Life-threatening to everybody. Yes. Even though there's been studies that shown that children were not even, they weren't even a, the carriers. They weren't even like no, like 0% from what I read in this article. So, and so I don't know, maybe by today that changed, but they were saying that 0% of these people who caught COVID got it from their own kids. So, you know, I've been seeing those uh, headlines and like article titles, but um, have not read those yet, but that's interesting. And it is a newer development. So I am more likely to believe that that is something um, that we obviously have a lot more information now available and can reasonably believe that. And so I'm inclined to think that that's probably closer to accurate than um, the crazy fear mongering in the beginning where they made kids are germ factories. Like, let's be real. They are. Oh yeah. They're vectors of disease. They carry around tons of stuff, but you know what? It's like, it's what's building their immune systems and um, they've got to get through it. And um, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I feel bad for children that are born with some kind of immune deficiency because it's like they're going to have an entirely different life than other kids and other people, and they can never relate on a full level to those other kids. But, um, yeah. I mean, they really made kids the devil, um, and I guess it was a weird, some people would call it satanic, like separation of generations, like making the old and the young completely separate so that, like, anything that could be imparted to the younger generation by the somewhat wiser older generation, um, you know, like just further disconnecting them again, just like around election time, you know, if it doesn't go the left's way, they seem to blame old people and they can't wait for old people to die out. So, um, you know, they really, (laughs) then this virus helped in that regard then, right? Did you guys win yet? Like (laughs) a lot of it was just separating group separating individuals separating all of us and it's just it's i think i mentioned it on you know previous recordings of ours just how political it's gotten and so jesse that science that they say we're supposed to believe in the science is political so it's like the left science and the right science are two different sciences but we're only supposed to pick one science and we're all supposed to follow one science or like you know the uh, tom woods has been describing him as like the priests like these yeah. sacred priests were supposed to hold up. And it's like, if your priest says the right thing, like that's who you follow. But it's really like, this isn't science anymore. This is a, a cult and a, and a religion that most people today would act yeah. like they're not a part of, but it's because they are blind and they cannot see that they're in one. Oh, I know. I, I, I've gotten to the point now, mm-hmm. like this pandemic thing really opened my eyes to a lot of things because I realized you know, I had some friends that were, you know, I felt like they were more open-minded, but, and I could maybe, you know, get them more on our side on a lot of things, but this, uh, I, this pandemic really opened my eyes and made me realize, like, just how far gone some people are. Like, they are just never coming. They're never going to realize it until it's too late. Hopefully it doesn't get that point, but, I mean, they're, they, they're, they're ready to surrender all their rights to the state. They're ready to believe everything they see on TV. It's just really scary to this point. They're enthusiastic Karens. And they're <laughs> ready to like, I mean, like I've said this before, but I had a friend I, I that recently just like pretty much kind of wrote me off. 
and they're willing to lose friendships over it. You know, that's how bad this has gotten. And I know I'm not the only one. I've heard many people talking about like just over just the past four years, losing friendships and relationships with their family members over politics. And specifically Trump, Trump derangement syndrome. And this pandemic is just like the next thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many more ways you have to put the numbers out there. The data just shows that this pandemic, quote unquote, is not the as deadly as they had predicted it was going to be. And yet we still want like last year we had a flu and maybe two years ago we had a flu that was deadlier than the people that are dying of COVID. This is after they've corrected all the numbers and they realized they were counting people that were dying with COVID and not from COVID. When they when they corrected those numbers, they realized, okay, the numbers just aren't there. But yet, our media keeps trying to scare us. I think it's it's mainly if you're if you look at the people who are talking about the numbers, it tends to be people on the right. The conservatives are you know basically talking about the numbers and the economy. In politics, if your opponent is speaking about one thing, you, well, you need to take the complete opposite position. So if you got Trump saying, "Hey, we need to open up the economy." I know, you know, there'll still be some deaths, you know, but we still need to open up the economy. Well, he's on the right. Yes. And they definitely hate him. So what position are they going to take? They're going to take the, okay, you don't care about people. You want people to die over the economy. And they're all going to believe that because, of course, coming up through the public school system, media is very left biased for the most part. Hollywood and all of that, where, you know, people tend to listen to these stupid people in Hollywood are on the left. So I think that's why this narrative is more pervasive that, we need to lock everything down and, and keep everybody inside because that's what the left is spouting. And that's who has the ear. No matter if Trump is president, it still seems even some people who don't exactly like him that are on the right sometimes will still take the narrative of we should stay locked down, which is really frightening to me for people who seem to have something in common with libertarians mm-hmm. when it comes to liberty. Definitely. I mean, it kind of goes to show like who still listens to the archaic mainstream media. I mean, people on the right and left do that. And so it's really like the older couple generations and um, older age brackets. But I guess the rest of us are all, one, realizing that cable's expensive and we don't like those channels. Um, If you're like me, I'd rather not pay for a bunch of indoctrination that I don't want. And I would spend all my time screaming at the TV anyway. Yes. Because, you know, even even Fox News, I am screaming at the TV. Like, yeah, just because it's the one thing that's sort of on the right. It's awful, too. You know, I blood pressure just like. But Greg Gutfield, my mom always tells me. But Greg Gutfield, he's a libertarian. He's not. He is funny. Like uh, at least there's humor yeah. there. There's like there's there's um you know, a little bit more livelihood and like spirit and um you know good humor. The left can't meme. The left can't tell jokes anymore. I mean, I can't tell you how not funny all the stuff about bleach being injected. Like that was not funny at all. Like I don't know. Like I could fart better jokes than that, and I don't fart because I'm a female. Yeah, we don't even poop, so just get over that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> but seriously, like that's how unfunny they are. I did have a guy legit ask me that, though. He asked me if girls do fart. I, the guy legit asked me that years ago, and I didn't really know what to say about that. It was really strange. Just say no and just keep going. <laughs> Wait, but 
Kim, speaking of farts, wasn't it you who had somebody like... <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> yes. Cam was... Yeah, Cam was uh, wanting me to talk about this on my podcast. Did you? <laughs> or this is this like a... This is a... This is a Oh, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell it exclusively on Voluntary oh, Vixens, the, the fart story. <laughs> you hear it here, guys. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> but I, I I was going to, we have this, and thankfully during this uh, whole quarantine, I'm glad this place, it's like a taco shop stand where the only way you can eat there is if you do the drive through or there's like a window you can walk up to. And it's pretty much the only thing near me that I can actually walk to and actually get anything because I don't own a car. Anyway. But so I'm just standing there waiting for my tacos and this this homeless guy just comes up to me and he starts talking to me and I talked to him because he was nice and all of a sudden he goes, I love girl farts, just girl farts. You know, I just love if a girl sits on my face and just fart and he just keeps oh. going on and on <laughs> about girl farts. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, I can make the decision if I want to go get my, you know, if I want to get my tacos and my quesadilla or if I just want to take the hell off or do I want to just slap this guy upside his head and tell him no. So he just goes on and then he just says, he stops for a moment, gets quiet and goes, I would eat your fart. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. Oh, and uh, I just grabbed my taco and quesadilla and just kind of basically moonwalked away. and was like, yeah, no, uh, there's no fiber in this diet. So. Oh, man. <laughs> and just went away. I just, it was the weirdest thing. He was serious. I'm, that was not a joke. He literally, but you can tell he wasn't very mentally Definitely stable. there. Yeah, but there you go. Sorry, audience. There you go. You can hear my awesome fart story. I mean, you know, that's a good one. I, I'm glad we really heard it here first, and we got the exclusive uh, scoop on the <laughs> the fart inquiry from the homeless man. <laughs> homeless man at the taco shop. Things that happened when we weren't forced to be locked in our homes. I mean, like we're missing out on rich experiences like that. Yes. It's it's not just it's not just about our haircuts, Karen. It is not just about our manicures that I really need and I would definitely like I'm going to say it again, I would love a black market manicure. Me too. Hint hint. Amen. Nudge nudge. Call me. Yeah, even though there were some people that almost got what was it? I heard that uh some people, I can't remember where it was that I briefly glanced through it that they were cracking down on people who basically had black market uh hair salons in their apartments and stuff and these people would have the gloves and the masks and all that good stuff trying to stick stick with the standards and maybe have one person inside and they were shutting that down it's just like i don't know why healthy people can't voluntarily choose to interact with each other it's like you know we're not just constantly swarmed with coronavirus and so everything we do is going to spread coronavirus if i don't have coronavirus and I like I haven't been exposed to somebody that was likely contagious. You know, I'm just the interactions I'm having are so minimal, and then I'm spending so much time alone. It just blows my mind that people have been taught that one. I said this in our group, but like they are taught to think that coronavirus is waiting for them outside that door. <laughs> yeah. And then two, that as soon as another person comes into the picture with you regardless of their current status of health, all of a sudden, because two people are interacting together, coronavirus is going to come down from the heavens or up from hell, maybe it's more appropriate, and infect you both. You won't even realize it. And then you'll go spread it to everybody because you're evil and inconsiderate. Everybody's grandma. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to go kill a grandma or two. 
Well, to be honest, that's we, not how viruses work. We spread people. viruses and bacteria to each other. We were doing that way before. We've been doing that for a long time. I mean, it's a our bodies, microbiome. Yeah, it's a community. Our bodies are filled with viruses and bacteria constantly. And actually, we have a lot of bacteria in our guts and in our nasal passages and our throats. And we it, those are good bacteria that helps like kill off things. They're basically on the defense for us yeah. all the time. But when we don't get outside and we don't get exposure to the environment, those that natural flora that lives inside of us starts to die off because we're not being exposed to that air and that environment. So we're actually hurting ourselves by staying in do- indoors all the time. Yeah. yeah. So things you can do. I, actually, never mind. Uh, Lick your children's require youtube to take us down off youtube um, (laughs) i was gonna say like you know so things i'm doing like take probiotics i don't know what prebiotics are but i keep hearing about them too somebody with more knowledge please tell me but like you know probiotics trying to supplement your body's natural flora like giving Mm -hmm. it the good bacteria that it needs like that is good for your gut it's good for your immune system um i'm trying to do that try and get some outdoor activity in and just like fuck the overreaching BS that is trying to scare us into not leaving our dark, damp homes. It's been awful in Maryland. Entire month of April, it basically just was rainy and cold. And last week, I really almost like flipped. <laughs> and I'm and I'm Jeez, a pretty man. I don't know. Like I'll say this: like I'm a patient person. Depends on who, with whom I'm been trying to be patient or with what. Um, but like, I don't know, I'm pretty easy enough going. And so last week I was just ready to shake my computers until they didn't work any longer. And then, you know, I guess I can't work. Oops. Anyway, I got some sunshine this weekend and that was much needed. But yeah, spent the whole day outside. Did not get coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? I've been, I've had to go outside basically every Friday because... Even during the shutdown, you can't really do too much network engineering from home. So we would rotate. There's only, we have two different buildings and only one engineer in each building. And so I've had to go in and out Friday. So that's been good. But I've purposely been out every single morning before work. I'll actually go out for a run. I'm I'm like, there you go. Perfect time to go out and run. And I haven't caught coronavirus. I ran by a lot of people too. And not even six feet apart. And somehow all of them, I still see them walking around. It's amazing amazing you won't let these people go anywhere else so they're going to go outside and go for a walk around the areas they live in so now you know you're going to see more people like i do i see people at the park and stuff where i where i run and walk and stuff everybody's and i mean if you have to go to walmart everybody's going to the local walmart in the community or the kroger or whatever that you have near you because they can't go to any of the mom and pops places and if you like from what i've heard is if you go try to go to the farmer's market you get that gets shut down and people try to snitch on you and, you know, it's just ridiculous. Mm. If you really think about it, we really weren't doing a great job of not trying to spread it. We just comp- we just narrowed down the places that people could go to and then everybody flooded those places. <laughs> <laughs> so we should have seen yeah. a surge, actually. We should have seen a gigantic surge of the virus from just that. And maybe we did, and that was it. Like, the the surge we supposedly experienced, maybe it was more d- due to that. 
And it wasn't, oh, it was only that because we were quarantined. It's probably like, we experienced what we did because you shoved us all into a few places other than our homes. And you can't just, I mean. And then why why haven't we heard about like all these Walmart employees or Kroger employees that are in ICU right now struggling to live? Yeah, my mom actually, the, my mom only spotted about, because she just recently retired from Walmart, of course, uh, that one of, two of her coworkers, one of them tested positive for it. And the other might have it. I don't have an update on that, but they were uh, they were both young. The other one that I know of came out of it. So, but that was only yeah. two. And our definitely that Walmart has a lot of people flowing through it right now. So I was like, okay, two employees. That's all. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, last time I was at the grocery store, it was basically my first real trip to the grocery store since Maryland imposed uh, mandatory masks, which is. Such BS, and when I wear my, I wear a headband like that I pull off because I'm not wearing a mask because there is no scientific basis for them. Like I listen to experts and we talk about this stuff, and it's like while they might be, like, in my opinion, really on board with this is very dangerous and we need to take it like extremely seriously, and it's like okay, I get where they're coming from, and why they're saying what they're saying because of whom they trust and it's like comes down to which institutions do you trust and um but anyway so like i'm not wearing i'm not wearing a mask it doesn't do anything um and so i will be wearing this uh headband thing and when i was in in it we were my boyfriend and i went in to get his mom a ice cream cake it was our first experience in a store (laughs) um and i was it was just it was the Twilight Zone, I swear. It was already a freak show area just because of just a little bit uh, rural Maryland. And so we were in a Weiss. I don't know if anybody knows what a Weiss is. We were in a Weiss. And I was like singing about how awful and stupid and pointless the masks are <laughs> and how we were all being lied to under the headband. But you can't see that it was me because you get to like, cut off all your facial expressions. And yep. obviously they couldn't see my mouth moving. And I was just singing to the store about how dumb it was. Nobody could hear about my boyfriend, I don't think. But um, I had to express my angst somehow. I've been thankful in Las Vegas, though, because they haven't done the enforce the mask for everywhere. I There are certain places at work that I will throw one on because it's in a building somewhere that I don't have to walk out in public with. But they haven't ever enforced it outside. There are people still this entire time walking around without masks or gloves. And it was pretty glorious. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, Vegas uh, as Sin City, we just don't have any morals. And that's the thing. We want grandma to die. It's definitely that. (laughs) Science says so. Damn it. Science says you hate grandma. But like, so again, it's just about like which science is appealing or uh, favorable to them and their worldview. And so like, you know, like some in some regards, the gloves... Gloves are a terrible idea because actually you're like transmitting bacteria all over. Um, so yep. bad idea. Um, and the same thing for masks that you're reusing time after time after time. It's like, really, you're probably transmitting a lot more stuff besides coronavirus that's not coming anywhere near you. Um, you're, but you're trying probably transmitting a bunch more stuff that would make other people sick and then, you know, might lead them to actually get the this year's actual flu because there were a couple strands of it like going around and they were you know really doing some damage Mm 
Um, I think Strep was really big this year. I think the moon. Yes, was big I had this it year. twice this year. Yeah, and didn't your kids have it? Like, yeah, my you son had, had it twice, or my son. I don't know if my son had it twice or my daughter had it once. I don't know. I just got it twice from somebody. Yeah, because both my kids are nasty. So <laughs> yeah, like it was a terrible <laughs> year for like sicknesses anyway. So I just don't think a lot of that went away. Just because all of a sudden we decided we had one of them to be particularly afraid of. And we had the flu go through our house. And I know that my daughter had the vaccine for it. They gave her the flu miss at school and she still got it. So I am just like done with flu shots. I'm never, I'm not doing that shit no more. Stupid. Might as well just, I mean, you have more immunity when you just actually get the virus and you just go through the sickness. Fight it off yourself. Yeah, you actually get more immunity from just getting the virus, anyways. And both, I mean, both of yeah. the kids fared pretty well. I mean, they were they were sick. You know, we gave them fluids and all that stuff, and but they got they got over it within a couple days. And when you get when you naturally encounter the virus and are able to get over it, because hopefully your immune system is strong enough. Uh, things we should be focusing on, how to make sure you do have a strong immune system so that these things don't affect you as much. When you're able to encounter it and then get over it on your own, um, you know, just kind of try to rest and ride it out, you you get not only immunity to that, but you get, it, it's just like a stronger immunity in general, and it's more likely yeah. to be like the natural wild wild type strain versus mm -hmm. the one that was bottled in a lab and put into a vaccine it's very specific it's very particular and so like if it's not that one very specific strain of virus you're not going to be immune to it and it's really just like it's honestly like a participation trophy well, well most colds are coronaviruses by the way so like i didn't know that they're all different strands of coronavirus so i I just, that's why your Lysol says, like, that it kills coronavirus because it kills most so cold-causing viruses. So, I, you know, I don't know. I just don't think that we should have panicked like we did. I think there was a much better way we could have handled this. Um, but maybe this is all for the best because maybe this is all exposing the corruption of WHO and the CDC, our government, and these people that are on TV that tell us what they think, you know, do we really science is only as good as the people who practice it and research it. And as good as the, the questions that try to fortify it and prove it wrong. I mean, science is meant to be proved wrong. And that's the whole. And many people don't science. understand the process. They yeah, don't understand what don't. research entails. So we just get we just give in and we just put our faith in these people who call themselves scientists and they say they did a study and we don't follow, you know, it's not like we're going to go look up their journal that they put, that they published and, and read their study and read the, you know, all the things that, that um, they did and how many people were involved in the study. Like, you know, most people are not, and I mean, I'm going to say almost all people are not going to do that. We're just going to trust them because they tell us that they're scientists and they're going to tell us that they did a study. I mean, let's just face it. There's a lot of faith involved in that. Yeah, no. And to be fair, like Dave Smith talks about this a lot. It's like, you know, he might know a lot about politics. But that's because, like, that's what he's obsessed with. And that's what he focuses on. And he spends his time 
learning about it, reading about it, uh, like engulfing himself in it. Like that's what drives him. Other people, they don't, you know? And so while they'll still have political opinions, they really don't have knowledge of where those come from other than what they're told from the people above. And so it's all about like, you know, specialization and um, division of labor and, you know, division of interests. Like we are all different Mm -hmm. people and we're going to be drawn to different things. But like, it is really scary when so much of it is tied to ideology, like, and and it becomes like political ideology. And then Mm -hmm. like everything about your personality is connected to this political ideology. It's like, I mean, that's where we really like the split is almost unforgivable because it, it, it offends people to their core that you might disagree with them politically. And I say that mostly on people to the left, like, you know, they say that they're the, the liberal and tolerant ones, but like really it's the people on the right who have had to listen to everybody else's opinion, but still maintain their own, you know, like, yeah. Uh, I just feel like um, politics has become more than just. And this is what I. This is one of the things that I've said to many people before. We cannot just simply talk about simple topics anymore, without it becoming political. We've made weather. We've oh, made talking cool. about the weather a political conversation now. So now it is kind of become, and I don't know if this is by design or if this is just some weird, crazy coincidence but it seems like no matter what we talk about now it will become a political conversation and you're going to be on one side or the other because you have to choose that's where people like us get in trouble and that's how we lose friends because we'll disagree with either side on one issue or another because both of them are wrong will be wrong at some point yeah some some part of what they're saying is probably wrong the world is not black or white. It's not all or nothing. We know this, but yet we still seem to think that instinctually for some reason. I was listening to a, a podcast earlier and they brought up a good point. Uh, two things that kind of mixed together is they were saying, you know, why is everything so political? Or if you attack, say, uh, Bernie Sanders, why is it that people get offended like you're attacking them and it was like well that's specifically the point that they've made politics such an identity that you literally have to be on this team you can only be on one of these teams and it has to control your entire life now like politics they're just pumping it through everything through all the channels i mean the pop even pop culture you're seeing political stuff in it everywhere and even trump jokes everywhere in these shows and people are just realizing they have to be on a team. And so it becomes part of their identity. So whenever you attack a political idea, you're not just attacking that idea or the logic behind it. You're attacking them and their team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think I've said it before, just, and I was thinking about it today, like explaining to my other aunt that, you know, I'm not left or right, like in the traditional sense of either word or either party. Uh, and, you know, while... To some degree, I can say I'm in the middle. Like we know, we're not in the middle. We know we're the yeah. We know yeah. we're the third stool leg. It's hard to even <laughs> it's hard to even break out of that dichotomy sometimes or that paradigm. And that just basically, you know, politics and people—they're just intertwined. It's your identity now is your political party. Yeah, politics has in- infiltrated everything. Yeah, 
Like I can, if I was to say, I was like, I'm a, if I introduced myself, Kim, I'm a black lesbian libertarian, you know, and you know, my mom would say she's a straight black woman who is a Democrat and it just seems to be a personality. I've actually been to places where people are introducing themselves at some random event and they'll say something like, oh, I'm a Republican. I'm like, what the hell is that going to do with anything? Yeah. And I remember a time when none of that mattered. Like, I remember... I'm older than you guys, I think. I just remember when Bush Jr., W, was president. And I remember I remember some of my friends being like, well, I voted for, what was it, John Kerry? I don't remember who it was that ran against him at the time. And I remember, like, when W won and they were disappointed. But it was like, they got over it within, like, a couple days. And then life went back to normal. But it was like when Trump became president, I remember one of my best friends was like, I had to go make an appointment with my therapist because I couldn't deal with it. They had they set up puppy rooms and safe rooms. I mean, I campuses. swear to God. They canceled exams. Um, pathetic. <sighs> pathetic. There's nothing not pathetic about all of that. Yeah, I just... What? I'm very sympathetic and I'm very empathetic as a person. It's really like, hard for me not to be judgy about that because... No, can't. No patience. I, I get judgmental when I hear people saying that they're getting emotional about these kind of things or they tell me people like me are to we sound condescending or judgmental because we we make we call them snowflakes or we we tell them that they need to just like they need to get over the Trump derangement syndrome. And it's just like, well, yeah, maybe I am a little judgy, but at the same time, it's just like you do. <laughs> you you, <laughs> you do. need to kind of it's grow like, up a little bit. It's yeah. not that bad. I mean, I've been to places where people like have to pee and poop on the side of the road because they have no place to go to the bathroom. They have very little prospect for food that day unless they literally sell rags that they pick out of the slums. For themselves. So I have zero, I have like zero tolerance for that, you know, because I've seen people live in such squalor and such conditions. And also being a therapist for children for seven years and hearing stories of horrific abuse I just excuse me if I don't give a shit that Donald Trump hurt your feelings. Yeah, no, not at all. You know? Well, it's also the it's also the fact not even just that it's being so upset about things you can't control in the first place. The only thing you can really control is your mind and your reaction to things. And if you're letting politics, all these external stupid things control all of your emotions, yeah, you deserve to have some ridicule because you know, children learn to reason with their emotion. And if you're an adult and you haven't figured out that you're going to go, oh, well, this happened. I I can't change that now. So I just have to continue living. It's just something that adults should know. But these adults are children. Yeah. Well, our society is infantilized. I've watched people older than me become completely childlike over politics. Like they, they have no, there's no nuance. They cannot understand sarcasm anymore. Uh-uh. That's asking too much. But again, that goes back to like, they don't have humor on their side, honestly. Like it's kind of lost. It's been lost because they've all started thinking the exact same way. And so, you know, when they repeat a joke, it's just like, there's nothing new about it. There's nothing original about that. There's nothing witty or cutting edge. It's not you know, poking fun like comedy, like true comedy is supposed to do. It's supposed to, you know, satirize. It's, Mm -hmm. there's nothing creative about it. Well, people take themselves too seriously now. They've been told that they're all special 
and amazing. And then if you uh, maybe say something that might insult a certain group of people, well, those people have the right to feel attacked about it. And I'm like, well, you know, humor has been a way that we, you know, for generations, we've enjoyed comedy. It kind of breaks down barriers. But now everybody is so important with their identities that you just have to be very careful. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. You know, I was listening to uh, one of those episodes. I think it was on um, You're Welcome, the Michael Mala show. And it was hit one of his interviews with Dave Smith that he's done recently. And they were talking about like the lies that were told constantly. I don't know if you heard that episode. Probably not. Go on. But he was talking about like, okay, Michael Malice was talking about how when he would watch G.I. Joe or um, Transformers or whatever, they would have some kind of like message for kids at the end of the show that would be like, you know, don't talk to strangers or, you know, <laughs> you need to love yourself. So don't let anyone tell you that you're, you know, things like that, you know? And he was like, it was clearly just like propagandizing towards children to think a certain way. And we were talking about how like, or they were talking about how like they, we lie to our kids all the time about things like, you know, just be yourself. And I was, at first when I heard them say that, I was like, well, we should be ourselves. What's, what's wrong with that? And then Dave made a really good point that it was like, sometimes you need to strive to be better than yourself. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Because the idea of just be yourself sounds really good. But at the end of the day, it says you don't have to work to don't don't push yourself to do better. Don't stress yourself over that. Yeah. So just sit on your couch and eat your Cheetos and take your insulin and shut the hell up and just be yourself, right? That's very much like the Jordan Peterson approach. Like, um, you know, you should absolutely not be just content with exactly how you are right now. But, like, to understand just how much potential is inside you in and of itself. Like, you can and are able to be everything and anything, but that is not going to come without work and like having to bust your own ass every single day to just get over yourself. Like Mm -hmm. I've spent the past two years of my life trying to just get over myself. (laughs) Well, and don't, aren't, I mean, okay, here's a very like lefty thing, but aren't women kind of told this a lot? Like you're beautiful no matter what. And you don't have to try (laughs) Yeah, you know, don't try to change yourself for blah 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 because you're fine just the way you are. You know, have you? Be- I feel like women get that message sizes. more. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I get it. We don't want to shame people for things that they can't change, but it's I think like there's a difference between a woman who looks like she respects and loves herself than a woman <laughs> who does not. And you do not have to be like naturally a model to look like you care for yourself i see plenty of i I see lots of girls like go through transformations even like i remember like back in school um that you know they might not have had a great look or they could have done a little bit more you know a little bit more effort in certain areas and like all of a sudden they did and it's just like their their inner beauty shone through because they were finally like putting themselves together in a way that like they could feel good about themselves. And so them feeling good about themselves just made them exude attractiveness. Like they wouldn't have before, but like just being told to accept yourself exactly the way you are. Like it is wrong. Like 
You know, it, everybody could do with some improvement in some way. And, right. you know, every single day, I think I should be improving from what I was yesterday. That What is that rule? Three? Rule four? I can't remember right now. It's like, it's like my rule. Like, um, you know, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who somebody else is today. And, you know, you're right, though. Women get it a lot. But that's also because it's another... Um, way that women are supposed to be strong and powerful and we don't need men but also let's baby them and tell them that they're beautiful at every size and you know they don't need a man to do all the things that they want to do in life it's like biologically implausible um (laughs) i don't know yeah it's just fed a lot of bullshit as women i think i feel i mean i feel victimized by the bullshit yeah and i think in general we we do want to be better like Okay, I'm a Christian, so there's, like, this whole idea in Christianity where, you know, you want to make yourself more attractive to other people to attract them to to God by being loving to others, right? So being part of that is, you know, taking care of your own body, but also, like, reaching out to other people and being kind to other people or just maybe even making your community more beautiful by, you know, picking up the trash or whatever. But it is about like, people are going to see the good things about you and they're going to be attracted to that. So it's not just about attracting a man. It's about attracting friendships too. Um, and and in Kim's case, attracting another woman, right? right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can't really right now. They're aren't, they're not allowed to leave their houses. So, you know, got to find one who's yeah. not afraid to leave. <laughs> <laughs> who's willing to bend the rules with Kim? Not there all at once, everybody. That's, a, <laughs> that's what I'm going to put now. I'm going to put it on Tinder. Oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, do it. <laughs> the thrill seekers who like to step outside without yeah. their masks. Outside the box or inside the box? <laughs> Preferably both. Just <laughs> box questions. <laughs> Lots of box. <laughs> It always comes back to the box. But I mean, we're, but human beings, we need other people. And I guess that's the point I was trying to make is that. Yes. I think that's the, like the feminist idea is like, you don't need a man, but it's like, well, you don't need, you don't technically need anybody, but you kind of do like, because you, you're going to yearn for that connection with somebody else. Well, you you should, you shouldn't be dependent on anybody else, but having social relationships having romantic relationships, having, you know, friendships, being nice to random people on the street you encounter, like having a community that you belong to, all of that's important. And, you know, it breaks my heart watching churches try to stick together through remote practices, like, and I see signs that's breaking my heart. Yeah. I'm like, they're not allowed to be with each other. They've got to do it online. And it's not the same. It's really not the same. It's, it's like, not. you know, the relationship Jesse and Kim and I have, like, we've only ever met each other online, but like, you know, we'll hang out whenever we get the chance to hang out in person. Um, but it's like a lot of... But we pray for each other and we like talk to each other yeah, and we just check, in check in, in with each other. Like, I've got online friends that I'm closer with than in-person friends. And so, but, you know, that being said, that's only because you guys live in other parts of the country. You know, yeah. 
I do miss, and I know a lot of people are missing, like, their actual social interactions on a local level, small scale, like, people around them, their family. I mean, people are afraid to see their members of their family that don't live with them, and that's really wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the separation that they scared us into. My mother-in-law passed away in the hospital, like, I guess a week ago, and, um... I was so pissed off that we couldn't even go see her. And I was like, I read, I've read so many stories online from people who have loved ones that couldn't go and be in the hospital with them. So that just kind of breaks my heart because, um, you know, I, I, I think that if I could have just been by her bedside, maybe she would have fought to live a little bit longer. Maybe we could have helped her make some better decisions um, we might have been able to know like exactly what was going on because I still don't quite know everything that happened in the hospital. Um, I'm a nurse, so I get really like paranoid that things aren't being done right. So as you should be. Yeah. Like they put her, my, they put my mother-in-law on a ventilator pretty much right away. So she didn't have, they didn't list her as having COVID by the way. That was one of the things I asked about the death certificate. Oh, thank goodness. Because they said she had respiratory failure and it was secondary to like congestive heart failure. And I was like, well, did she have COVID? And they're like, no. And when they, when she did finally pass, I was like, what is it? We, I asked specifically what was on the death certificate because I did not want that BS happening on my family. Not on my watch. And it, yeah, I know. And it didn't. So I'm glad. (laughs) But anyways. Um, I'm just thinking about like situations like that where it's like people who are in the hospital who are having going through like I can only imagine that my mother-in-law is going through something very traumatic. I can't even imagine. And even though she probably was she was on a ventilator she couldn't talk she couldn't express how her feelings were there was nobody around her that could hold her hand. Yeah that she knows that she could that she knew was like a comfort to her. That's what breaks my heart is that And I know I'm not the only one that's gone through that. Mm-mm. I mean, I've been reading posts from many people who've gone through stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's sad that that's the reality. And to some degree, I understand that the precaution might be necessary based on what they believe and um, how serious they're taking this virus. But at the same time, it's like there should be ways to figure this out. And the fact that we're not is so wrong i should have been i should have been allowed to sign a waiver saying if i get covid whatever just throw me on this on the roof i don't care well they don't care about i would have done that they're assuming you're sick or you're probably sick and you're going to get some other people sick but it's like that's not justified either no and there's some weird stuff that i was read one of my friends had a friend pass away and of course You know, at this point, they're not letting people go to the funeral. So it was literally the funeral. Everybody's watching it online. There were very few people that were there, and they were all socially distancing Uh. at a funeral while everybody else was online. And I was like, I don't know what is weirder and more morbid and awkward than that. Exactly. That's the key word there, Kim. Thank you. That is what's morbid. The fact that we're being forced to stay apart from each other is morbid. That is where death is. That is not love. That is fear. And that is the opposite of life. That is only what, like, can be brought, like, can bring death upon us. Like, that is what's driving me nuts. 
It's not about the haircut, Karen. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I love that the, that they can just minimize. Well, but then again, this is taught in political schools, and it was taught to me as well. Is basically just make the other side's argument sound so ridiculous, straw man it so hard that you can say stuff like that. Oh, you just want us to open the economy so you can get a haircut. Just something that simple. It's it's just crazy in that since we're in these uh, set, the soundbite era yeah. where you just have one snippet of news and you don't have to look into anything else. It just sounds perfect and everybody just eats it up. How much do you want to bet that those like, you know, those those, those ladies with the signs saying I need a haircut or I need a hair color or whatever. How many do you think were those just plants just trying to make the make that side look stupid? I'm sure so much of it is all optics. I mean, we saw the um the you know the fake medics, the fake medical yeah. care workers. We saw that. I nothing would surprise me anymore. Absolutely nothing because if you think about it, it's like all you need to do is get a picture, put it in the context of oh, it's at this rally for you know unleash the economy and kill grandma. And it's all about the narrative that can be spread from there. But again, it's like people are so reliant on other people's information. They're not willing to investigate themselves. They're not willing to go participate in a lot of things themselves or have genuine discussions with real people. They just take extrapolations and, yep. you know, run with other people's headlines. And it's, it is fake news, but it's always been. It's just more obvious yeah. than ever now. And I think there, that's at least a blessing that we can see how much more obvious it is. Well, wasn't it like during the um, the Clinton administration where he, I guess he, he had a chance to re-up that bill for media to like have the both sides being presented in the mainstream media. And he just let that go on and just expire. I feel like Was you're it, right, but I'm not sure... I I don't know the name of the bill. I'm sorry, but it was like basically there was a bill up until like I think it was about um, Bill Clinton or I can't even maybe it was George Bush George H W. Um, but there, whoever it was, let that bill expire and they didn't re up it, and so that was when Fox News started to come up, and that's when we started seeing MSNBC, and then we started seeing this division in media of like left versus right. And I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I guess more voices is better than less. It's definitely given rise to a further division. You know, I'm definitely in favor of more, more voices as we're probably reaching the end here. You know what I just realized, Jesse, we haven't done our stunning and brave corner in forever. I have somebody. Who? All right. So shout out to a listener and other podcaster. Um, you can follow him at, I think it's at underscore odd man out. And so his podcast is called The Oddcast featuring The Odd Man Out, something like that. I'm so yeah, sorry. I think it's that we'll, li- we'll link appropriately. But um, so you heard me mention like this talk about like this cult of science. And so I just listened to his most recent episode called the cult of science. And it was actually really good. Um, first time listening to his show, but I know he follows us on Instagram. I always, uh, you know, post his stuff to our stories cause he's got great content there, but his podcast is also good. Um, so check it out. 
And um, what was I going to say? Oh, but so something he, I'm going to start checking up on and maybe even like bookmark is uh, he mentioned this thing called redact.com or redactiontracker.com. Basically, it's supposed to be tracking redactions from um, scholarly journal articles, like scientific journal articles and stuff like that, because, you know, similar to how we see things with the fake news is like, Mm -hmm. you know, they post their headline, they post their story immediately, and then the redaction might come days later, or it comes like at the bottom of the page, or maybe not at all. But so it sounds like there's something like that. So, like almost like a judicial watch. It's watching these fraudulent studies being redacted. Um, and so I think that's such an important thing to keep an eye on. And you're like something you said earlier, Jesse, like we put so much faith in these people because we're told they're the experts. You know, we told they've got all the letters and their degrees and, you know, they went to all these schools and they're so important. And you know what? A lot of people are, but like there's a lot of people that are just power hungry assholes that are just going to take advantage of the fact that you don't know what you're talking about. So you're probably going to listen to them. So Sunning a Brave, mm-hmm. check it out. Anything else? Kim, you want to plug anything? Um, Other than if you want to check out Lesbertarian, if you haven't already, you can definitely check that out um, on the MLG Network site. Just look for Lesbertarian there or hit me up on Twitter, Gmail, all of it. Everything is just Lesbertarian, conveniently enough, <laughs> on all social media platforms. Yeah, you lucked out. We got screwed over with, like, having a different iteration of our name on everything. Um, so hopefully you follow us on all those by now. But, uh, Jesse, do you want to remind the group? If not... Yeah, um, we're basically Voluntary Vixens on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to find us, it should both say Voluntary Vixens Podcast. On Twitter, it's backwards. It's Vixens Voluntary. And then our Patreon is Vixens underscore Voluntary. And then right now we're trying to raise some money for our friend Anna, who we interviewed in our last episode. We're trying to raise up money for her. So if you guys want to donate some money, I'm trying to raise up money to kind of help her out of her situation. Um, She reached out to us. She's in a domestic violence situation and she's trying to move out. And the pandemic pretty much screwed her over because she was about to start a new job. And she was about to start saving some more money so she could move out. So, uh, if you want to reach out to us on that, it's at Venmo. I'm, uh, I just kind of changed my Venmo to... At Vixies in Need. Yes, one. Vixies in Need. I think there's a dash or a hyphen between all those characters, all those not words, but um, you should be able to find it. And if not, hit us up because we can direct you there. Vixies in Need, yep. It's actually Vixies dash in need dash one. A lot of dashes. So. I know. Yeah. But you can, you can find us on there and you'll see our logo. Yep. So please, 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 please donate for Anna because I would like to get her some money to at least get a down payment on a place. At least something. Tickets out anything. of there, something, anything. All right, everybody. Um, If that's all we've got today. uh, Again, thanks to everybody for stopping by. Thank you, my lovely co-hosts, for joining me tonight. Catch you all next time, but in the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful, keep it voluntary. Mm-hmm.